August 11, 2023. It's a for Pedro show. Thank you. 
Live from Pedro Show. Happy Monday. Starting off with John Coltrane. This is an excerpt from him. Common date these days, right? November 22nd, 1962. This is training in. And then we had Shane Parrish with, but not for me. And as you can probably hear, I'm not in man alone mode because those uh, software engineers from Estonia with their Skype invention I got with me, courtesy of Scotty Irvin. Thank you for the connect, brother Scott. Shane Parrish, welcome aboard. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so glad Thanks to have for you. having me. Really a great honor to be on the show. Oh, really right appreciate back. you. Right yeah. Back. Where are you talking to me from, Shane? Say that again. Oh, I'm talking to you from uh, Athens, Georgia. Okay. In, in my basement. Town. Okay. I went, been there in a while. You know, I saw last year. I played. <laughs> I actually played a wedding up in uh, Cypress Park, and Barry Buck was there. Oh no, kidding. You know, runs a forty watch. Cool. Yeah. So, small world, right? Okay. Please bring your earliest musical recollection. Okay. My earliest musical recollection, I think, is like uh, probably dancing to uh, Neil Diamond's Coming to America at my aunt and uncle's house in Long Island when I was like four years old. That's happened. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like... Long Island. Committed. You know, I read uh, the Victor Bachrich book on uh, Lou Reed, Transformer, and he he grew up in Long Island. Littleton, Levittville? Levittville? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of like the first track housing in the U.S. Oh, right. Levittown, maybe? That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up there. I was just like visiting them, but yeah, that's where. Okay. Okay. That's like the colorful memory of hearing some music. What I got to say is, uh, track housing, that's if you don't. if you ignore military housing, because that's what, you know, I grew up in Navy housing and stuff. That's what track housing reminds me of. Anyway, this pad you grew up in, not just visiting, but the pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? No, not at all, actually. I grew up in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and, uh, well, my mom had a flute cased up somewhere in a closet, maybe, but I wasn't, you know, there wasn't really, it wasn't a musical household, I don't think. You no. didn't jump on that flute. I didn't jump on the flute. I have it now. <laughs> I, I play it sometimes, you know, I just leave it uncased in the corner. And try oh, wow. To, so you, you, know. learned, you learned about it. Can, can I ask you about school? Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? No, uh, no, I wasn't. I, not at all. I, uh. Okay. No, no. Yeah. I just asked that because, you know, some schools got rid of their fucking music and arts programs. Uh, totally. Yeah. Let me add, you know, everybody comes from different paths to get to now, right? <laughs> and then we're yeah, then we're going to get exactly. to, to wherever after that. But uh, so I, I'm I'm not I don't put any I'm just curious because it amazes me all the different ways. But anyway, yeah, that's what you have with the the many and the singular at the same time. Uh, let me ask you, first record you bought with your own money, Shane? Yeah, I think uh, the first record that I remember going to the store and buying with my own money was probably Metallica and Justice for All. <laughs> when, yeah, like, well, I, I ask was, you uh, that because when you're a kid, you ain't got a lot of money. So I'm, I'm curious, what would you spend it on? And what was the yeah. first gig you saw? First gig I saw was uh, Megadeth and Suicidal Tendencies in uh, Miami Bayfront Park, uh, Halloween 1992. You know, there, there was actually a joke band called Megadeth. I think they had to buy the name. It was some of the guys from the Plimsolls. They had like this side project. And Minutemen oh, actually really? played. I wouldn't shit you. It was with them and uh, Spinal Tap. 
before the movie came out. I think the only gig they ever did. And Minutemen wow. was know, on, I think I heard about that. Minutemen, it was at this place called the Music Machine you know, on the west side of Los Angeles. And me and Dee Boom both broke strings on the first note of the first tune, <laughs> which was our 42nd version of Ain't Talking About Love. Yeah, the screen had to come back. They had the screen, right? And the screen had to come back down. Anyway, oh, man, that's, that's funny. Let, let me ask you this. You end up a guitar man. Yeah. Well, how'd that happen? <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, my friends were like playing guitar, and, and, uh, and I was around 14, and and I decided I wanted to learn it also. And so people kind of, his friends just started showing me licks, and I got my mom to get me a like a what, I can't remember a striker, like some kind of strat, like knock like a knockoff guitar. Uh, but at least was it was my, an electric one, right? Because I've had a lot of cats on the show, right? When they're young, the first guitar they get's acoustic, and they're wondering why it don't sound like anything on the records. Totally, yeah, yeah. No, it was electric, yeah. But then, and even then, with electric, you don't really. Well, maybe nowadays, because kids grow up quicker. But the idea of pedals, right? How do they get those sounds? Totally, totally, yeah. By the time I was like sixteen, I had like sixteen pedals surrounding wow. me. Wow. <laughs> me and <laughs> D Boone had no I, idea. Me and D Boone thought it was some kind of. Studio wizardry. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah, totally. I there think was... at a certain point, though, I looked at them all and I said, "I got to get rid of all of these and learn how to play the instrument a little bit." You know, because it was <laughs> that was. Well, let was me let fun. me ask you about your learning. Did you take lessons? Yeah. Or was it just your buddies showing you shit? Uh, at first, it was them showing me shit, and then I just I just started started experimenting. You know, I listened to a lot of music, and I just kind of started just moving the fingers around and finding things that I liked, and then started trying to like read books and stuff and but, then, but but autodidact no lessons right right yeah okay. I, I took some here and there later like but not not nothing consistent you know i i, I you know okay um no yeah, that's okay some sure. i've had people on the show where the lessons almost made them quit music so <laughs> that totally yeah okay. yeah without a doubt let yeah. me ask you this uh not 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 graduating but after school in the afternoon garage band the bedroom band the basement band did you get into that kind of stuff yeah for sure yeah yeah i actually yeah i i was doing we were like just kind of jamming in my uh my garage and then really by the time i was like 16 or 17 we rented like a, a warehouse in dania beach area kind of like near like um like jaco pastoria's hometown you know <laughs> but oh. uh and believe uh, it or not i played this is by cape canaveral it's called melbourne florida uh-huh, yeah. Played a gig there at this fire hose days, and his brother came to the gig, Michael Pistorius. Oh, wow. Yeah, and his stage name was Rock Michael because he was a poet, and he was a daytime accountant guy, but at nighttime he's a poet. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. it was, you could tell there was something trippy in the family. He's, he totally. was very kind to us, though. But I remember waking up in the morning and ready to bail for the next gig. And he had a pillow sack over his head, and he had brought out this bowl of jalapenos. He thought those were hot for us, you know, but we're used to that shit, right? We're habanero people. Right, right. I guess he had chowed them all because there was just stems, you know, the little stem thing. And So you were, okay. Okay, so uh, good acoustics in a warehouse? Uh, probably not. <laughs> we, we put some foam up on the walls because there was like a, there was like a barber shop next door and then like a bar on the other side. So it was like a mixed <laughs> use sort of like warehouse like zone, you know. Sure. 
and uh but we did a lot of like you know psychedelics and you know i went ahead and dropped out of school and we were just like jamming all night long and uh did that for a couple of years what about, when I was the 16. what about the material were you copying songs off records like me and d boom when we were boys or were you guys writing your own stuff we were we were writing our own stuff, but you know we were certainly influenced by by things. But we were totally, like you said, autodidactic. So there wasn't like uh, a lot of chops or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but then you know, you, I guess you you get better. You know, but uh, but yeah, we were like just really into like Pink Floyd and you know, like same as you guys. Is from my understanding, you know, like I really like John Coltrane is a huge influence and just oh, this man. kind of like open exploratory sort of you know, universal experience of music that, you know, kind of gravitated towards. And, uh, and so there's a lot of just going for it. We would just stretch out and improvise and write songs. And, um, yeah, it was, well, it was well, a let me ask you, was this, was this a prac band or did it end up doing any gigs? We, you know, we did some gigs. We like, so my thing was like to get into like t doing like open mic nights. I was growing up in Fort Lauderdale. There's like, the whole Southeast Florida is like, you got like Miami, Dade County, Fort Lauderdale, Broward County, and then like West sure. Palm beach. And so it's all, it's all, it's like kind of a mega lopolis, you know? And so you can, so I would find out where the open mics were in the different counties. And we started just kind of going to open mics, like two or three nights a week and setting up and playing our weird music. Do you and remember then, your first, well, well, first, let me ask you, did this band have a name? Yeah, it was called union prayer book. And what was the first union prayer book gig? Okay, first Union Prayer Book gig was actually at a Barnes and Noble, I uh, in Hollywood, Florida, and it was um, and at the time it was just me and a singer, this guy Chris Bird. Uh, he wrote all the lyrics and sang, and I wrote all the songs, like the structures and like the, the you know the music, and we we actually wrote like two albums worth of material that were never like realized, um, and were probably de decent. You know, I'm sure it needed you know could be developed, but. But yeah, so we did like I was like in tenth grade, and uh, well, and a lot it? of people came from the school. Like teachers came and students came. It was like sort wow. of packed, and it was totally engaged. And I thought for sure we were going to be <laughs> so successful. Was, this, was it scary? What's that? Was it scary for you? Was it scary? Yeah. Uh, I was definitely. I think I was nervous, but I kind of had this really like you know, ridiculous confidence when I didn't, especially when I didn't know what I was doing. And then as I learned more and more what I was doing, I think that, that kind of <laughs> slowed down a little bit, but you know, but that, that, that was but carrying that gig, me forth. That gig broke the water for you though. That's your first step. Okay. Yeah. So you would say it was a success. That's great. Look, you gave me this, I want to pronounce it right. Ala Chatistas. Yeah. Aluchatistas. Okay. Aluchatistas. Yeah. That's right. Alucha. I'm thinking of New Orleans or something. Okay, okay. I, you gave me this shell in uh, Ogunilan. Let's listen. Yeah.
Block for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with the Alan Chatistas. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Parker. Remember that, that Steely Dan uh, song, right? Mr. Parker's band. Oh, Doug, nice, man. Right? I no, think I got... it's Pretzel Logic or something. Doug Wimbish after that, great bass man from Connecticut. Leave it alone. I think he's out with uh, Living Color right now. Bombas Prendon, Morning Has Fallen. Got it by Voices. <laughs> Another brand new album, you know, every other month, right? Got a new album from Bob Paul. Wow. He's the guy. He's incredible. Radioactive Pigeons. Great tune. Mazinga. This is live out of Ann Arbor. Hardcore jam. It didn't even have a title yet, but they gave it to me live. Um, Chris Box, beautiful cat. Live June 4, 2023. Eugene Chadbourne. Uh, out of Greensboro, we had Benjamin Johnson on. And uh, Professor Huge with the... People know him about the electric rake, right? And Psychobilly, but this is him on acoustic. Dairy Queen's right. tune. MSSV, French Road Drifters. From the upcoming album, Human Reaction. This is the tour I'm working on, right? First gig, September 5. So let's get ready for tour number six. If you call a tour more than a month, it'll be my 68. Wow. Only 68 more. R04 slash K How slash Explain. This is a collab, people. Out of Tokyo. Yama Tonorochi. No Orochi. Yeah, sorry. Huntsman after that with Ride Out, Detroit. And finally, Library of Babel with Winter. That's you. Library of Babel. So anyway, yes. what happens, uh, Union Prayer Boat? What happened? Well, what happens, the arc of the curve? Or is it still yeah, yeah. going? Is this, maybe well, the singer was kind of... It was kind of like uh, sort of doomed from the start in some ways because of the the personalities <laughs> in, the, in the group, you know. Was it in the cards? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was somewhat tragic. I'm still good, very good friends with the drummer for that band that ended up joining that band. It was one of my best friends. But, uh, and, uh, yeah, it kind of like lasted a couple of years and... And then it's time to end it. Okay. And what yeah, but you don't end music, so what's next chapter? Yeah, let's see. Wow. Um I guess I moved to Tallahassee, Florida, and I get involved in um playing music uh with a great violinist named Trina Basu and a really great bass player named Buck Colson. And uh I end up doing um you know, and I also play in a like a free jazz band called Ninjazz, which ended up being with sometimes like ten to twelve pieces, and we would cover like Pharaoh San, Pharaoh Sanders and like start trying to learn Coltrane tunes and stuff like that, and and um and then Buck and Trina you know, and I played. He wrote some music. He wrote some music like his first Impulse record. He had his buddy Eric Dolphy arrange Africa Brass. That's got mm-hmm. a bunch of people, and also there's the Ascension thing and the Ohm. I yeah. think that, but those are more like Ornette influenced. Sure, yeah, yeah. But uh, you always think of John Coltrane, small little bands, but he tried some big stuff too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, sure. so you're, because that's a college town, at, I think Florida State. Yeah. And uh, also Capital. So maybe there was a big pool of musicians there compared to where you were? For sure, yeah, and it wasn't as spread out, right? So yeah, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, because I haven't thought about this so much, thanks for the questions. Is that like I was ended up playing with 
a lot of different people and a lot of different groups around this time, like 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, like in different styles, like, uh, but you know, still self-taught, still like, like idiosyncratic and autodidactic, but also playing with musicians who are really skilled that I would learn a lot from, you know, that could you know, understood jazz or had some great chops or like just to expose me to different styles. So I was kind of plugging in and trying to find my way. Now by um, this time you don't have your mom's electric guitar. The ones no. you got. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you end up getting? Well, it took a minute to graduate to something. I ended up with this like washboard, like washburn, like tele telecaster style mm -hmm. guitar for a minute. And then but then I settled into this uh this purple stratocaster that I played for like 10 12 12 15 years or something that i like toured all over europe with eventually and stuff like that you know but that i, I got i got at a shop there and i think they were selling it for like like lower cost because it was this purple color and they thought no one wanted it or something like i remember the guys in the store being like oh one's this guitar it's jay mascus <laughs> prince yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> in fact i think the jay mascus model he gave me one it's like purple flake like a, a hot rod a funny car Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I, I yeah, this is like a royal purple, though. You're right, like more like Prince, yeah. I gave it to Tom Watson, my missing man guitar. So, uh, okay, so you're playing with that. You know, that's an education in itself, playing with different people, different kinds of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. In fact, people pay big money for that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, I think <laughs> yeah, that was a sure. smart move. I think that was real smart. Yeah. Um, I was like co-housing too, like one of the band, like for a while, it was like a year, you know, it was like me and just musicians. And I remember being up late night, smoking weed, listening to like Charles Mingus together in a room that was dark, just with like a bunch of people, dudes, you know, and then we would go and like jam and like we're and this was and i had a weekly gig with this free jazz band at a cafe for a yeah. while and so we um like there was a real it ended i think it was it was a really important time you know and i was doing like this indian fusion music also under the direction of a sitarist at florida state university that trina got me involved in which was like a like kind of doing i don't know it was a very Ragas. A lot going on. Yeah, like raga-based right? stuff. And, and like different times, you play different ragas for different times of the day. Totally, yeah. <laughs> it's like really keyed into life and stuff. And also all the notes, it seems like all the notes are in every, you know, there's no keys. Like you just, it's trippy, it's trippy. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> compared to the way, I mean, look, John Coltrane named his second son. Robbie. That's right. All right. And then I read, you know, maybe 10 John Coltrane bios, and I, some of them have Ravi Shankar actually going to see John Coltrane, and it, the music disturbed him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, even though John Coltrane, you know, sometimes it's not a two-way street. Or or maybe they didn't, just didn't have enough time to develop it. They never got to play with each other, but I know John Coltrane loved his music. For sure. Uh, and, and can I ask you, were you ever recording yourself? Like man alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like ever. I, I, I. No, at this point in these early days. I don't think so. I, I probably. I wish I had. I, I, I have all these like cassettes of you know, some of the groups that I mentioned. You know that were, but I, I'd have to dig through. I don't. I didn't really. I didn't really get into that till later. Like a lot of solo playing, you know, like or a lot of solo recording. Yeah, know, because um, what I was going to say, not only recording, but it's a way of. Uh, 
you know, your, your, your compositions, it's a way of uh, capturing them, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? They say that uh, youth is usually wasted on the young. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you realize this stuff like, yeah, like me and D Boone got nothing from our old days, but uh, maybe that's good because we didn't know you were supposed to tune to each other. We thought tuning was like, yeah, some people like strings tight, some like them loose. We oh, yeah, 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 we didn't. Totally. We thought if you played down on the corner, you know, that Creedence Clearwater Revival song, and it sounded right. all right, you were in tune. We didn't know that your down on the corner had to be the other guy's down on the corner. Yeah, we're slow learners. We're at the end of the first hour, August 11, 2023 edition. Watt special guest, Shane Parrish. Hold tight for hour two. August 11, 2023, it's the second hour of for Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro show start off second hour with Alotasistas. Close. Yeah, I don't get it one one century. Tom Hall, uh, with that, it's, uh, Tom Hall after uh, 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 dilated, no, dilated. Uh, it's, it's like when you your pupils are dilated. That's it, dilated. <laughs> Fucking <idiot. laughs> Yeah, I'm only 65. Okay, skull practitioners after that with fire drill. Bob Lord from his new record, bass man, but also big uh, symphony leader guy. Uh, Trans medium travel, and finally Shan, Shane Paris with turn around bright eyes. Okay, so how this project? How old is this, Alachatistas? Tacistas. Yeah, uh, it's it's tw- uh, oh my gosh, uh, twenty one years old. I, I formed it in. Uh, in 2002. Okay. Um, and how and why? Mm-hmm. How and why, yeah. I um, I was living in Asheville, North Carolina at this time, and I uh, knew that I wanted to make – I was into progressive rock music, but I also was into jazz, and I also was playing in a hardcore band that I joined when I moved there called Shovel Fight. Um, and I thought, you know, I started hearing bands actually like – you know that band Ruins, you know? You're talking and, um, about the drummer man. He usually has a sax player with him. Yeah, and like, and I, I started hearing like, like music that was coming out at that time that was like, like prog rock that was like had a more of a punk aesthetic to it. And I thought, oh, you know, because I was really into, you know, all the things I mentioned, like kind of like Zappa kind of compositional kind of things. And can I, I, thought can I ask if you can I ask you if you're aware of John Zorn? Yeah, John Zorn is a huge influence. He's actually put out three of my records. Um, I knew that. That's why I asked. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just Sorry. Cut. Yeah, yeah. So John Zorn, like Naked City, really knocked my socks off. I would yeah. put it like – and like and, and I thought, you know, let's do this uh, – you know, just something that was like instrumental but more aggressive and like progressive in structures like King Crimson influence and Naked City – um, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Zappa, but like also like punk, like Fugazi, um, you know, kind of sound. Minutemen, do you know those guys? Uh, yeah. It's kind of like, like, you know, Captain Beefheart. Can, I, like can a, I ask you, can I ask you if those experiences kind of taught you that fuck genre, music is music? Exactly. Yes, okay. definitely. Great. Because I wish more of us would learn that. It took me a lifetime. Yeah, for sure. It's such genre. a waste of time to get into that genre, and people like talking about the music by referring to other bands. I mean, it's okay, I guess for an example. But can you remember the? Okay, who was in the first verse? Is it been the same people all these years? Twenty no, years? Okay. No. What was the first yeah. version? The first, the very first version, which was never the recorded first version, was a, a bass player named Dave Marks and a drummer named Mike Horgan. And we did two original compositions and an extended, like, more upbeat kind of breakbeat version of Naima by John Coltrane. Oh, yeah. And we played a, yeah, and we played like you a know, house show. You know like, he uh, wrote that. Yeah. He wrote that for his first wife, right? And, and he played it all the way to the end. He loved that, too. That's such a great tune. 
And um, so that was our, that was the first lineup, but it was only lasted for that one show just due to like a mix of tragedy and like circumstance, like nothing, no bad blood or anything weird just ended up not working out. And then very quickly shifted to being Derek Poteet on electric bass and Sean Dale on drums. And that band put out five albums uh, ended up playing some jazz festivals in Europe and started getting attention you know already, that. this show we've already played shell and ogan the land and vanished were they on those two uh the original lineup was on shell and agony land yes yeah. and that was on our album what you will on cuneiform records 2006 oh wow steve yeah steve feigenbaum yeah beautiful cat i've had a lot of his cats on the show Okay. Yeah, he's Small he's world. awesome. Yeah, he kind of discovered us in Baltimore, like 2005. He came out to a gig. And, yeah, he lives in the D.C. area, right? Yeah, Silver Springs. Okay. That's right. Okay. Wow. Small world. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, I'm digging that much. Uh, and uh, and vanished. So Vanished uh, was uh, is on a record also on Cuneiform called Heads Full of Poison that came out in 2000. 12 i think and and uh that's just a duo with a drummer named ryan oslands who originally like replaced sean dale in 2008 and then uh and then the after we did a record we did another record for Sadi uh called of the body prone with that trio of derek petit ryan oslands and then derek left the band and then ryan and i continued on as a duo and kind of our style changed a bit when it was just a duo you know you know um, about uh, you know about uh Stellar Regions, you know, that, that po uh, posthuman, uh, after John Coltrane died, released, and he's just playing with Rashid. He said he yes. got freed up by not having to follow chords. He was freed up by it, yeah. Did, uh, yeah did you find out the yeah. same thing, just playing with the drummy? Yeah, I love it. I mean, and also you're not... I, first of all, no offense, because I love bass players. I love your, I love your playing, and I love playing <laughs> with bass players, you know. But uh, But there was a thing about, like, not being locked in any kind of groove, you know, also without, when we, without the bass player, because the, yeah. but the current, we actually have a bass player now. It's Trevor Dunn. I think he's been on your show. Oh before. yeah. No, much respect. Much but, respect. Um, yeah. But, uh, also, you know, but yeah, at the great, time it was very freeing. He's a great composer. Amazing composer. I mean, yeah. he's a brilliant, okay, brilliant guy. Okay. You gave yeah. me this, uh, mega, megaopolis. This is, which yeah. version of the band is this? So that's the latest version of the band, oh, which is okay. Trevor Dunn on, on bass and uh, Danny Pichaki on drums. Who and he lives in Tampa, Florida, and then Trevor, of course, is in New York. And, okay, let's yeah. listen.
Why don't you love me as much as I love you? Why don't you love me as much as I love you? Why don't you understand that it hurts so bad when I hear you're with another man? Why don't you love me? I love you Well, I was lost in the crowd With nothing to say When you showed me another way I felt alive again You were my only friend I wanted to live another day Well, everything you said Stuck inside my head Next to you in your bed I let you play the role I had to wonder why We wasted our time But I'm still in love with you I think you played me the fool You broke all the rules Had to walk away from you Why don't you love me As much as I love you Why don't you so good you had me hypnotized and when I held your hand for the very last time your heart went cold and then the truth was told 
two, one, two, three, four, five, six. Check, check. I walked back the words that I said to you. I walked back the words that I said to you. There's a time and a place, and we both know that saving face is not my strong.
start off that jump. Alatistas, come on, what? Nailed it. Yeah. Tim Hill after that, Calico. Van Connor. There's a bass brother we lost at the end of the year. Why don't you love me? The electric version. Gary Lee Connor's brother. Carnage Asada from their new album. This tune's Head on a Platter. Hell, Hellco with I Can't Stand Six Feet From You. Yeah, I fucked up and put feed. So I fixed that. Okay. Ray Shin out of uh, Reno with uh, Pachinko 77. And finally, Shane Parrish. Walk backwards. So, so you know, we played a Shane Parrish song last uh, chunk of music. And so, when do you call it Shane Parrish? Yeah, I, when I'm by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I thought about I might need another name because sometimes I play solo instrumental and out, but sometimes I I'll be like singing or talking, you know. <laughs> okay, okay, and. Like, where was this in the arc of your career, this walk backwards? Uh, fairly recent. I um, Since I, I moved to Athens, Georgia in 2021, and uh, and on that recording you hear, uh, like, uh, John Fernandez, who's been, you know, a legend of the Athens music scene for a long time. And um, and uh, so he's on, on there. And then, like, I had been for the last right before the pandemic, I started performing songs where I would sing and play. And then I after I, I picked that back up and it just took me about 25, 30 years to gain the confidence to sing in public and to, you know, um, and so I, I, but I found that I really enjoyed the challenge of it. And I found that I could be a lot more confessional and uh put on more of a variety show as like you know I, I have a hard time doing banter when it's just instrumental music i think it sort of breaks the spell but when i'm doing songs with words i feel like there's like a more of a conversational thing happening so i really enjoyed performing like that so this was like the first i think you know successful uh musically song you know that i recorded from this repertoire that i've been trying to record a record of for the last like year and a half or so and and you kind of have to supplement the instrumental to back up the words, right? So, it, like, there's different contexts. Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, mixing stuff up and trying new experiences is healthy. It, I think it opens up the vocab, vocabulary. Definitely, yeah. You know who yeah. just moved to Athens, Georgia, too? I saw last year when I was coming through Atlanta. He came to the gig, but he, he moved from Orange County. He's the bass man. From uh, middle class, the old Orange County band, probably the fastest band in those days, like late seventies. Mike wow. Patton, his name's Mike Patton, but he ain't the Mike Patton Trevor <laughs> Dunn played with. This is another, but he actually produced two Minutemen seven inches, and he ended oh, up awesome. running the fucking bus system in Orange County. He retired, raised a family, he moved out to Athens, Georgia, and he started a band. I can't remember the name; it's trippy. It starts with a G, but I've played some on the show here. Look, we're at the huh. second end of the second hour, uh, August 11, 2023 edition of Watt Pedro special guest Shane Parrish. Hold tight for hour three. August 11, 2023, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
for Pedro Show. Start off third hour. A man alone. Shane Parrish. Holloway Joe. Then Healers. Out of Illinois. Close to Indiana. Painting the town blind. Finally, Shane Parrish. Black Eyed Susan. I know those. Uh, they're kind of like daisies, but yellow and bl- uh, black instead of white and black. Totally. That's right. Yeah. White and yellow. Yeah. Well, daisies are white and yellow, so yellow and black is a black eyed That's right. Yellow and black. Yeah. So. Tell us about these enlighteners here. Yeah, for sure. So both of those songs, uh, Holloway Joe and Black Eyed Susan, are, are sea shanties. They're like... Um, no, I know all about like, shanties. Yeah, it was a way of the, the sailors organizing because they had to yank them fucking sails up. No no winches. Right. And so you could get in the rhythm. Like work songs uh, in, in our country with the... the where, <laughs> yeah, slavery taught all those skills. But you used it as part of your work, shanties. Totally, yeah. I mean, and they were uh, like a huge. That was a huge influence on the Sea Shanty repertoire. It was like American work songs, and then like Irish ba- ballads. It's like it's kind of the the main kind of I think uh, influences tying those that uh, that style together that that repertoire. But yeah, and then Black Eyed Susan was uh, more of like a lover lost at sea ballad. So these are vocal tunes, and I spent a lot of time doing like folk music where I take the vocal melody and then like I'd arranged it for, for guitar. And I've done a lot of that with acoustic guitar. Um, but, uh, this, this album, I did electric guitar It's called Liverpool. It's the name of the record. And it's on the dear life records it came out last year, but, and it's, so it's all drawing from the sea shanty repertoire and just doing these kind of, I don't know, post-punk experimental guitar slash jazz arrangements of them. Uh, well, off air, you know, off yeah. air, we were talking about Bella Bartok a little bit. He got inspired by these little town folk songs, right? Hungarian uh, yeah. kind of things for inspiration to these kind of abstract, full-blown. You know, I think inspiration comes from a lot of things that can kind of start off kind of innocuous. You wouldn't think would make a connect. Totally. Yeah, no doubt. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, those, I mean, I love folk melodies and I really like some of those, those kind of minor, you know, shanty melodies. They have, they're so evocative of, of, uh, you know, deep feelings and, uh, like, and I, and I think, you know, and some of them are driving work songs, but they still, they, I think as an improviser, someone who's like exists in history with this music, you can really, it can give a, you know, the shape of those songs or, or invite you to, to play with them, you know, and to, and to, and to, you know, and see how you interact with them as an individual, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, if, I think that makes sense. <laughs> no, it totally does because you know, there's some, this is what art can be used for to transcend, you know, shortcomings of your, the research of your reality, you know, why not imagine, you know, and let the right. freak flag fly. Yeah. I'm way into it. And now here's something I, I think you did with, yeah, I'm sure because it's got another cat's name here, John Kieran Fernandez. You mentioned earlier. That's right. And this is called Improvisation One. Maybe it was your first improvisation with him. It truly was. Yes. Okay, let's listen. <laughs> Thank you. 
we got the message. I think there's something wrong. I can't explain. I'm sorry. We got the message. I think there's something wrong. I can't explain. I think there's something wrong. I can't explain. I won't explain. What I'm sorry. What I mean is we've got the message. I think this one is wrong. What 
show last music for this edition started that chunk off with Shay Paris and John Kieran Fernandez with Improvisation 1 then from Brighton England Day Glow Exploding Super Infinite with Ben Sick dot 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 
ellipse. And finally, Alachatistas. Maybe I got that. Yes. <laughs> Fuck what? Loner. This is called Heraclitian. Yes. Uh, 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 he's a philosopher, right? Yeah. I think totally. he's the cat who said you can't stand in the river twice, right? Same. Nailed it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's right. You can't arrive at your destination either, right? Yeah, because the water rushes by. Yeah, you can't arrive at your destination. Yeah. For 2,400 years ago, pretty it. <laughs> you know, some of those cats, they, yeah. So, uh, what did my pop say? He'd say, there's nothing more dangerous than a good idea. Okay, Pop. <laughs> he also thought the way the word assume was spelled was incredibly magical. See, you make an ass out of you and me. Well, that's good. That's no I'm accident. Use that. That's for sure. That's no accident, boy. Yes. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, hip us to, to both those pieces, please. Yeah, you want some? Okay, so John Fernandez is... Uh... He's uh, is I think he's most famous for playing with this band called Olivia Tremor Control. Sure, um, which is an Athens band, uh, part of the Elephant Six Collective. Yeah, um, you know, Empower or something. Elf Power. Elf Power. Yeah, yep, they're, and, and yep, they're around, and uh, and then uh, like a Neutral Milk Hotel. And, right, right. So, so he's a uh, he's an Athens just beautiful soul. Um, one of the, when I moved here in 2021, one of the people that really welcomed me into the community and great musician, great improviser plays gigs like almost every night of the week, like around town and, and, uh, is just always at every show. And is very, just a, like a, a very, just colorful character that really kind of adds a lot to the, the scene. And yeah, he started coming to my shows when I moved to town when I, whenever I would play and that's how I met him. And he was, and then he came over to my house and we recorded this little record of improvisations that we just kind of put out digitally. But, um, and so the whole record is just our first interactions. And, and we, I think we both are coming from a, a broad, obviously, uh, you know, pool of influences as we've been discussing on the show. But I think with our music, it was very like, you can hear like the moon dog influence and in this kind of like, we're improvising, but it's rhythmic and it's tonal and it's percussive. And there's kind of like, you know, we're, we're kind of working within like a modal space and, and trying to, you know, it's not going totally out into left field necessarily, but it's still experimental and exploratory. And I think he has a great feel and, and just a great person. Uh, shall I, let's see. What was the other song? Heraclitian? Yeah. That, yeah, that was like uh, Luchatista's, that was kind of the first really, one of the first things that Ryan Oslance, the drummer, and I uh, uh, I did as a duo when we uh, when the band morphed into a duo. And I thought it was a very strong production because we were working with this producer who like just, we kind of moved into his place more or less for, you know, a couple months to make that song sound the way it does. And it was really interesting to kind of pull together. I think there's like a really big like Morricone influence on that song. Yeah. Um, like, um, you know, with some of the, you know, just like having the riff, like down, 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 and then those like like kind of bass hits like over it in unison was definitely. I can't remember which film I'm at, at, the, at this moment, but there's I can I, I know that's where my head was at when I wrote that tune. <laughs> well, he's a trumpet man, and I think surf guitar. He felt a parallel with it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful, beautiful cat man. A lot of great uh, sounds and uh, just. It's his, his choral stuff, right? With the singing, like good, bad, and the ugly and shit. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's mind blowing. So, look, you mentioned 
with uh, John Kieran Fernandez recording at your pad. Do you have a little studio setup? Yeah, I have like a little room that I, um, it's nothing fancy, you know, I just have like an interface. And no, like but I love this yeah. idea of musicians recording themselves. There used to be a Grand Canyon between uh, recorders and being recorded. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. So that's that, right, yeah, it, for sure, yeah. It's incredible. I, I think I saw, I saw something the other day, like online that someone, you know, people are making records in their bedroom that used to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah, to produce. Right. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I was involved with some records, 1,500 fucking days, and you two hours each way up to Hollywood for that privilege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not missing that. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's not all bad new days. And what what are you doing right now? What is the right now Shane Parrish concern musically? Yeah, man. Um, right now, I am recording um the songs record i mentioned and I'm, and I'm and then i'm teaching a lot of guitar i teach guitar so you know if i can plug that <laughs> like well, do I, you I have a website a where can people find you on the web, uh internet to, to get to get uh, lessons uh shaneparish.com yeah. people s-h-a-n-e-p-a-r-i-s-h.com for some lessons yep and then uh one of my main projects in the last like two years, three years has been working with guitarist Bill Orcutt. Yeah. Um, and I, he uh, has a record that he made called music for four guitars that yeah. he recorded basically like all the riffs for into logic and then constructed this guitar quartet. And then he hired me to make a transcription of it and yeah. then, and then to put the band together. And so we have a quartet with Ava Mendoza. And oh Wendy yeah. Eisenberg. Great guitar lady. Yeah, in fact, uh, with this MSSV project, we got to do some Stooges Funhouse with her. Nice, amazing. Yeah, she so tore amazing. it up. She tore it up. Yeah, and so we're going to Europe in November, and we've done some tour dates like this year. So that band took two, it took two years to like transcribe, you know, and get the record out and all that kind of stuff. And now it's a like a touring unit, and that's really exciting. And, and what about your own music? Is there a recording coming up? Um, yeah, at the moment, I'm just trying to get this songwriter thing out of, out of my way, you know? And so I, I have it set up where I can just like work on it all the time. So I don't like have any, let me think, I don't think I have any like immediate releases happening, well, but I intend to get be, that out by next it don't, year. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to be immediate, but here's the invite. When it comes out, will you come back on the show? We can play it and talk about it. For sure, man. Definitely. All right. You good? All right. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scotty Irvin, again for making the connect. Yes, People. thank you, Scotty. Absolutely. August 11, 2023. Dishwap Pedro shall keep your power.